Show number 50. Show number 50. Hello, everyone. It's Rico, and this is show 50 for Treks in Sci-Fi for May the 14th, 2006. Going to have a lot of stuff this week to go over, and I think the show might end up being a little longer than, than it is usually, so let's get to it. Okay, the first thing I'd like to say is the the really um, wanted to mention and thank everyone that's uh, listened to the show, participated, sent in clips uh, over the last 50 shows, participated on the website and the forums. Big, big, big thank you uh, to everyone that's uh, kept me going through these 50 shows. It really uh, seems like it's gone by very quickly to me. It doesn't seem like uh, I started this way back last September, and I've gone through uh, 50. This will be the, really, this is the 51st show because I did a, a podcast zero, a beta podcast, the first uh, the first go round uh, when I was trying to test out all the equipment, make sure everything was working okay. But also, I'd like to, if there's someone who's just listening to this show for the first time, welcome to the show. We'll be talking about a number of things. This is a science fiction, Star Trek, Star Wars podcast. This week, uh, just give you a little bit of heads up on what we're going to go through. I had lots of ideas for this show, uh, and circumstances have made it a little difficult to do some of those. Uh, one, I wanted to uh, create sort of a mashup of all my previous shows and kind of put that together, a three or four, maybe five-minute-long piece. Uh, that is not probably going to make it in this show. Let, let's just go over what's happened in the last 24 hours for me, not to you know, really go into a lot of detail. But we, I had a little leak uh, in one of my son's rooms. Uh, I have two sons, uh, Eric and Steven. Hello, if you're listening. Um, but anyway, there was a little leak. We've had a lot of rain where I live in the last couple of days, and there was a little bit of a leak uh, in his room near the, one of the walls coming seemingly from either the roof or a window. Anyway, to make a long story short, I was up crawling around in my attic this morning, uh, Sunday morning, Mother's Day. woohoo! And uh, not that that makes much difference to me, but um, anyway, uh, so I, was, I found a tiny little bit of a hole in... The, the space between two boards, you know, it shingled over, of course. But anyway, uh, I patched it up, I think, from the inside, I hope. We'll see. Uh, the rain's kind of held off for right now, so that's a good thing. It's let it let everything dry up and, and that I did. So anyway, uh, and the podcast, I usually do Sunday morning pretty early, nine ten o'clock in the morning. Well, it's now about 
one thirty uh, p.m. So that's uh, I'm getting a late start. Let's just say I have collected all my audio clips. I have lots of clips to play for this week from both listeners and for the main topic. And the main topic later in the show that we're going to really get to here in a, in a short time is the movie Star Trek IV: The Voyage Home. Probably uh, the most um, widely popular of the Star Trek films. It really appealed to a lot of people, but I'll be talking about that here shortly. The other, uh, the other thing I thought I would mention on the on the show, I was hoping to, and I still may do this uh, with this particular episode. I was hoping to make what's called an enhanced podcast with this, and what that basically is is it involves a a, a certain piece of software that you use, uh, and it only is a sort of Macintosh enabled right now, which uh, partly made me go out. I've been interested for a while to get some kind of a Mac just to play around with. I'm pretty much a PC user, but I went out yesterday and bought a Mac Mini, and I've been fiddling around with it last night and this morning trying to figure out how to make these enhanced podcasts. And basically what it is is you can include little pictures during the podcast for different things you might be talking about. I thought that would be kind of cool to add that into the show, and I still, like I said, I still might try to to release that uh for this episode, I haven't decided completely yet, but the, the trick about this is, from what I can find out, the only way to do that enhanced podcast is the, the file has to be what's called um, an MPEG-4 or an AAC-type file uh, that you release. And the, the, my fear is, if I don't create this in an MP3 file and release it for people, then not everyone might be able to listen on their different portable media devices. So that, I have to work out some details that... There's a couple of possibilities. One, uh, I may have to just release or or do it in two files. One would be the the AAC and AAA seal AAC uh, file with the enhanced podcast in the future, and then an MP3 if you just want to have the audio and don't care about the enhanced stuff. Anyway, I got to work out the details on that. I'm probably just going to do an MP3 for this show 50 because it's uh, I'm running out of time and I want to get this out today. So. Uh, so that's that. But it, the Mac Mini is, is pretty interesting, and it's a pretty neat little device, a little little different than using a PC, and got a lot of things to, uh, to learn how to do with that. But uh, I think it'll be a lot of fun, so I'm looking forward to that. I think that's all for the kind of announcements and just what's going on in Rico's life uh, that I'd like to talk about. Uh, the show, like I said, we're, we're going to go through two main things right now. And then I will also do the contest. The order of events, I think, what we'll do is I'm going to play. I have a lot of nice congratulatory type uh, audio, maybe eight or nine different audio clips. Most of them are fairly short from listeners out there that have sent these in, and I want to play those for you guys first. Uh, And I really uh, want to thank everyone for sending that stuff in. Then we will do the contest from last week. We will announce the winner for that, and then I will get into the Star Trek IV um, analysis. So without any further ado, here is the first audio clip that I got from our, our my good old buddy, uh, Kenny, from California. And we'll play that for you now. Hey, Rico. It's Kenny from California. I've been a faithful listener of Treks and Sci-Fi since your very first beta podcast. Can't believe it's been 50 episodes. I listen to quite a few podcasts, and yours is still one of my favorites. I enjoy your passion, your excitement for your subject. It reminds me of myself. Collectibles, movies, sci-fi, fantasy. You enjoy it all, and you can hear it in your voice. So congratulations on 50 awesome podcasts. Let's hope for many, many more. Take care. 
Thanks a lot for that great uh, message, Kenny. And now we have another one from uh, Ricardo Lopez. Hey, Rico. This is uh, Ricardo Lopez from uh, Las Vegas. I've uh, emailed you a couple of times. I just wanted to say congratulations on the 50th show. Been listening from the beginning. Uh, learned about your podcast from the uh, Slice of Sci-Fi podcast. I think you're doing a great job. I'm um, still waiting for that, uh, you know, some kind of a, a Gene Roddenberry episode. If it ever happens, if not, it's okay. I'll still listen. Uh, the reason I push on that is uh, Roddenberry's a pretty interesting character himself, as you know, being the creator of Star Trek. Uh, you know, he was a, a fighter pi- or a bomber pilot and a police officer, and uh, he had quite a few uh, different trades before he actually settled down to write scripts for Star Trek. But uh, again, congratulations. And I hope you go for at least 50 more, more than that, I hope. And I'll be hearing you soon, I'm sure. All right, take care. Thanks a lot for that message, Ricardo. Uh, Some of these, uh, I wanted to mention, some of these audio calls are coming in from my voicemail line, which is 206-88-TREKS. So the quality varies a little bit. I think they're uh, understandable for the most part, Uh, a little static occasionally. But anyway, let's go on to another one. This will be from uh, somebody from the forums, Darth. Hideous. So let's listen to his. Hey, Rico. This is Darth Hideous from the Message Board. Just wanted to call in and uh, congratulate you on your 50th show. Been listening since the first one. I found you on the uh, Rebel Scum Message Board where you posted that you were doing uh, a test uh, show, and I've been listening ever since. So love the podcast, and uh, keep up the good work, and congratulations. Thanks very much for that message. And uh, this next one's rather short. This is my buddy Mark. Uh, who uh, we both play Warcraft, so he has, sort of has a little Warcraft joke in his message. So listen to this. Oh my gosh, show fifty. So how, how was it? Okay, so you got about ten more to level. I mean, show sixty, right, then? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. Uh, Mark uh, hit sixty in Warcraft quite a while ago, and I'm still plugging along with my mage. I think I've got him to like fifty-two in Warcraft. So I'm. I'll get there. I'll get to 60. Uh, not too much longer. Got another message. Here we go. Hi, Rico. Hi, everybody. This is Ricardo Santiago from Brazil. I've been listening to Tracks and Sci-Fi since show number 8. And, of course, I caught up and listened to the shows that were released before that, too. So I can say I listened to all the 48 podcasts already issued. What I like most is when Rico delivers us something new, either when he mentions a show or a movie that, that I haven't heard of yet. For instance, he introduced me to Surface. From his recommendation, I saw all the first season episodes, and I stand hoping that they do a second season. Or when he brings up new interpretations or unseen aspects of a Star Trek episode. The best example of this was when he stressed Riker's hole in the best of both worlds. So, Rico, thanks for all so far. Keep up the good work. Keep up digging fascinating material for us, your faithful listeners. Yeah, thank you for that, Ricardo, uh, from Brazil. Uh, It's funny how many people named Rico, Rick, Ricardo uh, listen to this show. That's kind of interesting. He mentioned uh, that I... It got him interested in watching the NBC show Surface. A uh, little tidbit on that. Uh, there's a forum that I, I visit, a uh, prop forum, uh, collectibles and things, 
And somebody on there has some contacts uh, for, uh, that are people in the industry that worked on the show surface. And there's nothing official out there, and who knows what will still happen if, it, if it'll come back for next year. But some of the people that worked on the show uh, took a few of the items home from the show, like some of the furniture in some of the different locations and that. Well, one of them was asked recently by the production company to if they would sell back uh, one of these couches or something from one of the sets. Anyway, uh, basically, the, the situation with that is is it made it kind of look like the show might be back next year. So I'm not sure if that's still going to happen or not. We'll know probably in a couple of weeks when NBC announces its fall lineup. But there's the first little tidbit that uh, maybe there's some good news for the Surface fans. So let's keep our fingers crossed. Let's go on to another call. Hiya, Rick. It's Dee from Retroactive Continuity and the Forums. Just wanted to wish you a happy 50th podcast. Not many podcasters make it to 50. Heck, many don't even make it to 20. But you've made it. So enjoy the splendor that is the 5 and the 0. And keep cranking out podcasts, because I'd like to hear 50 more. Hope all is well. Thanks again. Catch you later. Bye bye Thanks a lot for that message, D. Uh, if, you, if anyone notices, or some people probably did and some didn't, the music and things he was playing in the background on his audio there was from the TV show Doctor Who. And I, I want to just make one more mention of that. It's on Sci-Fi Friday nights, uh, 9 o'clock. They're probably about maybe three-quarters of the way through this season's uh, shows that they've done, I think maybe about the ninth or 10th or so. It, it's really good. I mean, I think if you're a sci-fi fan, it's got that British bent. I've talked about it before, but I'm just giving another kind of plug for it here for people to give it a shot. Uh, it's not, you know, it's not Galactica or Stargate or those types of shows, but it's different. The The two main characters, the Doctor and his companion, uh, are Rose, uh, they're both, they, they have a good chemistry, I think. that That's one of the things that I enjoy about it. So Doctor Who, check it out, Friday Night Sci-Fi Channel. And here's another audio comment from uh, my buddy Morales from Mexico. So listen to this. Happy episode number 50, Rico. This is Morelos from Mexico, and I want to celebrate with you and the audience that Trex in Sci-Fi turns 50 today. And I want to thank you for all the hard work you put on the show to educate me on Trek stuff and everything sci-fi and collectibles and movies and soundtracks and all the good stuff you always talk about. I also want to thank you for creating such a wonderful community on the forums. Um, you know, I've made some great friends there and, um, well, it's a lot of fun to be part of it all. May Treks in sci-fi have a long and prosperous life and more music like yeah, thanks a lot for that, Morales. Uh, it was great, uh, great to hear from you. Uh, it was uh, really good to throw the music in there too. And he threw in—I don't know if you could hear it at the very end. I said uh, there was a line I said way back when when I reviewed a Muck Time. Uh, I said, basically, Spock is in heat. 
And that that line kind of is is haunting me a little bit. So uh, thanks a lot for that, uh, Morales. And here's a uh, one more. I got one or two more, I think, of these to play. So here's another one. Hey, Rico. This is Octarius from the forum. Just wanted to wish you a happy 50th episode. Uh, even though I could have walked down to the basement and just told you this in person, but I wanted to surprise you. So uh, love you, Dad. Keep doing the podcast. Bye. Yeah, that was uh, obviously that was my son Eric Octurus uh, on the forums, uh, wishing me happy fiftieth. And uh, you know, when people keep saying that, I'm starting to feel like it's my birthday, and I'm not that old, really. I'm not. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so uh, I've got one more audio clip. This one isn't really so much uh, about the fiftieth uh, podcast for the uh, Trex and Sci-Fi show. This is more of some commentary about the Star Trek film and things like that, which is getting a lot of press, uh, I guess because Mission Impossible and J.J. Abrams' movie is out now. But this one is from a guy named Gary uh, down in Orlando, and he goes on about uh, the Star Trek film and a few other comments. So I'll play this. It's rather long, though. I'm going to probably cut it a little bit short. It's uh, over three minutes long. And I'm going to have to cut that a little short because uh, running into uh, other things I get to talk about. Anyway, Gary, thanks for the clip, though, and I'll play it for you. Uh, good part of it right now. Hey, Rico. This is Gary calling from Orlando, Florida. I've uh, been listening to you for a long time now, since the beginning, basically. And uh, I'm not much of an emailer or a forum uh, goer, so I thought I'd call and let you know you're doing a great job. I really enjoy the show. And as a Trek fan, uh, it's nice to hear some... Uh, Trek news uh, on occasion. A couple of topics I wanted to throw out to you real quick. Uh, number one, uh, Trek podcasts. I, I'm a little bit surprised myself that there aren't more Trek podcasts. Uh, Star Trek's always been about the fans, fan involvement, um, almost a fan ownership of the franchise to some extent, the way they've uh, taken to it, we've taken to it. And I'm just surprised there's not more. I guess a lot of that could be that uh, there isn't an actual uh, show running right now. Maybe people feel like there's not a lot to talk about, but honestly, I expected there to be a lot more Star Trek uh, podcasts out there, Um, and uh, your show, uh, The Aurora, which I'm really enjoying, is a perfect example of that. Fans who uh, are passionate about something take it into their own hands and doing their own thing with it. I just expected a little more uh, out there podcast-wise from Star Trek, uh, you know how uh, we are about our Star Trek. And the uh, second uh, issue, before I go here, is the new Star Trek movie announcement, which I'm really excited about. I was worried about it. I didn't mind a year or two break. That was fine with me. Um, But uh, I think what makes me happiest about this is that it seems like the powers that be are going to really take it serious. They're not just going to throw anything out there and expect us to jump on it, or at least that's my view so far. I I think that going out and get... uh, getting J.J. Uh, Abrams was a good move. Uh, I think it's almost the equivalent of getting somebody like uh, J. Michael or Ronald Moore or uh, uh, Joss Whedon, which would have been fantastic. But I know he's tied up with Wonder Woman right now, which is an interesting visual. But um, I think that was a good move. They didn't go out and get some unknown with a so-so track record. I mean, this is a guy who's linked to something really, really big. And uh, that makes me feel comfortable far as the topic of the movie or the direction the franchise is going, it doesn't really bother me all that much. As long as it's not a, a two-hour uh, movie of young Kirk and Spock sitting in class behind uh, Uhura dipping her ponytail in a ink bottle or something silly, 
you know, the Starfleet Academy idea has never really been all that uh, interesting to me, but they do it right. Well, thanks a lot. I had to cut a little bit of that off at the end there, Gary, uh, but I think you got most of of what you wanted to say out uh, about the movie and the fact that there aren't really a lot of Star Trek podcasts out there. Yeah, the... um, you go back a little bit in, in time. I, I've talked before, but you know when I looked at um, thinking of doing this podcast and talking about science fiction and Star Trek and things like that, I had been listening to uh, a variety of podcasts for a while, and I did some searching. And what I had in mind, since obviously I'm a big sci-fi Trek fan and collector of things, uh, I thought, well, gee, there are there isn't really a, a show out there that's doing what I I do, which is kind of go back and look at old episodes maybe in a slightly new way and bring out some things that people haven't seen or, or thought about in a while and then try to bring in some new things like talk about Galactica and Surface and Doctor Who and whatever movies are out these days and things like that. So I've been trying to get a good mix of it. Uh, I, I didn't want it to just be a commentary show where each week I talk about an episode and comment on it i I like to bring in some new things keeps the things interesting for me and uh, hopefully for you guys as well so and um that's about it as far as uh listeners uh that sent in some audio again i'd like to really i really liked hearing all that stuff from you guys it it really does help me continue to do the show it's kind of interesting but uh even though this this is not you know this is not any kind of a job for me or anything uh that I'm making any kind of money off of spending money on it. But, uh, you know, that's not, that's not what I'm, what I'm trying to say, I guess, is just, I, I really enjoy doing the show. I'm planning on continuing to do the show. And it's interesting that some of these things that, that I don't really get paid for that, that I really enjoy, you know, it'd be neat if I could turn it into something that, that it was a paying job. But, uh, what am I trying to say? It's, uh, it's been a long day already, I guess, but, uh, I guess it's just, uh, Time just flies by when I do these things, even though they take a few hours to put together and edit and slide in all the music and things like that. I I don't have any intention of stopping. And just one little other comment I'll just mention is that uh, I've been toying with the idea of doing kind of a spinoff show, more of uh, on the collecting end and things like that. I I haven't really worked it all out. I I don't know if I'm up to doing another show or not, but it's just a thought right now. and I don't know. It may be a completely different idea than that, uh, but we'll see. I did toy around with, and I mentioned this last week, I did a video of a, of a collectible review, and I had a lot of fun with that, but I needed to uh, refine my techniques and get a little help in the camera work and things. So I think that uh, that's going to wrap up this sort of long intro to the show of when I usually go over emails. I got a couple of little email comments, what good wishes from people, um, and I also appreciate those. And thanks for taking the time to uh, write in and send audio into the show. Okay, everyone, we're going to switch gears now. We're going to get into the main uh, main Star Trek topic, which is Star Trek IV from 1986, The Voyage Home. You know, this movie is what? Oh, this is it. appropriately. It's its 20th anniversary uh, right now. It's from 1986 to 2006, 20 years ago. That's hard to believe. 20 years has gone by since this movie came out. I think what I'm going to do now is I'm going to play the uh, movie trailer, which is a, about a two-minute-long uh, audio clip here of the the trailer that was seen for the you know the coming attraction trailer for Star Trek IV: The Voyage Home. Avoid the planet Earth at all costs. We are under the attack of all. 
station. Starfleet emergency. Red alert. Earth is on the edge of destruction. We cannot survive unless a way can be found to respond to the probe. The key to saving the future. Spock, you're talking about the end of every life on Earth. Can be found only in the past. We're going to attempt time travel. Sulu, take us home. These are the voyages of the crew of the Starship Enterprise. Judging by the pollution content of the atmosphere, I believe we have arrived at the latter half of the 20th century. Stardate 1986. San Francisco. Our own world is waiting for us to save it. They have 24 hours. Everybody remember where we parked. Break up. To complete their mission. You look like a cadet review. We will beam you tonight, collect the photons, and beam out. I want you all to be very careful. Without being discovered. We have an intruder. All right, who are you? You're not exactly catching us at our best. That much is certain. This is an extremely primitive and paranoid culture. What does it mean, exact change? Many of their customs will doubtless take us by surprise. We're ready for beam out. My transporter power is down to minimal. I got to bring in one at a time. You're from outer space. No, I'm from Iowa. I only work in outer space. Let's do our job and get out of here. Freeze! Take off, can you hear me? Freeze! I've lost it. Who are you? You can't. Our next stop is the 23rd century. Full power now, sir. Shields at maximum. Steady. Hold on tight, lassie. Can we make breakaway speed? That's all I can give you. Book eight. Book nine. Now. Star Trek Four: The Voyage Home. Okay, there you have it. The movie trailer for Star Trek IV The Voyage Home, directed by Leonard Nimoy. Um, I goofed up. I said we were going to talk about the contest before I got into the movie. So you know what? We're going to do that. We're going to do that right now. I have a list here of everyone who uh, entered the contest from last week, and let's give you a reminder. It was a trivia contest. This is for the Dax Trials and Tribulations figure. Brought to us uh, by YouBuyNow.com, who is uh, partly sponsoring the show now. So thank you to YouBuyNow.com. And again, I want to mention, if anyone wants to purchase anything from them, go to YouBuyNow.com, use the Trek SF or Treks in Sci-Fi code when you check out, and you can get 10% off. So thanks a lot to Brian and everyone at YouBuyNow.com for donating this DAX figure to give away. The contest was, the trivia question was, what episode did Scotty call Captain Kirk Jim? And, of course, the answer, I guess this was a little easier than I thought it was going to be, but the answer is he did it in the episode Mirror, Mirror, when they're about to transport back uh, through the transporter back to their own universe. Uh, Captain Kirk says, uh, I'll do the controls, and, and you guys all go. And Scotty says, Jim, you know, really, like, dramatically. And it's, uh, I, I, I liked it. I mean, of course, the, the mirror universe Spock comes in and, and beams them all out so he doesn't have to stay behind. But now what we're going to do, I've got eight people that uh, correctly uh, answered the question. I've got a die. I've got a, actually a, a D&D 12-sided die. So we're going to roll this. And the winner is number four on the list, which is Jen. Jen from the, uh, uh, oh, she's from the forums. Jen from the forums was uh, the winning, uh, she she was one of the eight that had the correct answer, and she wins the Dax figure. So, Jen, 
send me an email at treksf at gmail.com and give me your uh, address information and all that, and I will mail this figure out to you. So congratulations to Jen on the forums for winning the DAX figure supplied to us by youbynow.com. All right, now let's go back and start getting into Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home. This movie, like I said, came out in, at first uh, in 1986. I saw it quite a few times when it first came out in the theater. I uh, really enjoyed this. This film, uh, it came out late in the year, the November, Christmas uh, you know, time frame. And uh, a lot of people went to see this. I think this is one of the most popular of the Star Trek films. There's a lot of humor in it, a lot of good stuff. Uh, Basically, this involves time travel, the crew of the Enterprise, Kirk, Spock, everyone comes back to the 20th century, to 1986, of course, to pick up some humpback whales so they can communicate with this alien probe that's that's come to Earth and is, is messing up with the atmosphere and the oceans and, and creating chaos on Earth. And they they find out that it's emitting these signals that is, is whale communications. And I, I really like this movie uh, Quite a bit. There, there's there's a lot of good things to say about it. Let's just uh, start off. It was directed again by Leonard Nimoy, who directed Star Trek Three, also. But in Star Trek Three, he didn't really have a lot of acting to do, if you remember right. He's uh, but he's really uh, heavily involved in Star Trek Four in in both acting and directing. And the storyline is by uh, Leonard Nimoy and Harv Bennett. Harv, who worked on Star Trek Two, uh, Three, Four, or Five. He uh, brought a lot to the franchise, and the script was worked on for Star Trek IV by uh, all these guys and Nicholas Meyer. And But the main story was by Leonard Nimoy and Harv Bennett, and they, they did a lot of neat things with this story. One, it was sort of an ecological tale uh, about these humpback whales that, that weren't around, about species being wiped out in, in our current time, and them having to actually go back in time to bring a species that's no longer with them in the 23rd century to the future in order to solve and, and fix a problem. And I, I, I really like that. You know, there, there are a lot of things in the news uh, about species being wiped out. And, hey, you know, in the future, the, these things may be critical to something, to solving a cure for some disease or, or some other issue. So I think it's important that we take care of the planet. And I will get off that uh, type of soapbox for now. But it's, the nice thing is how they work that into this story. There was this problem going on on Earth. They were still on Vulcan, if you recall, from Star Trek III, and Spock's still not really quite himself. As you'll listen and, and notice in this first audio clip that I'm going to play uh, early in the movie, he is on Vulcan still. They've got this Klingon bird of prey. They're going to head back to Earth to sort of face the consequences of stealing the Enterprise and disobeying orders and all that stuff. And But Spock, even though the Katras have been taken from McCoy and put back in Spock, and everything seems okay, but he's still not quite the Spock that we all know and love. So listen to this clip. How do you feel? I do not understand the question. What is it, Spock? I do not understand the question, Mother. But you're half human. The computer knows that. The question is irrelevant. Spock, the retraining of your mind has been in the Vulcan way, so you may not understand feelings. But as my son, you have them. They will surface. As you wish, since you deem them of value. But I cannot wait here to find them. Why? Where must you go? I must go to Earth to offer testimony. You do this for friendship? I do it because I was there. 
Spark, does the good of the many outweigh the good of the one? I would accept that as an axiom. Well, then you stand here alive because of a mistake made by your flawed, feeling human friends. They have sacrificed their futures because they believed that the good of the one, you, was more important to them. Humans make illogical decisions. They do indeed. Yeah, so you can tell uh, Spock's, uh, he's not quite himself, but he's hes coming back and, and things are starting to, uh, he's starting to remember things more and his relationship with Kirk and the rest of the crew. And that, that throughout the movie uh, is, is a part of the ongoing story of will he remember everything? Uh, does he remember his his past and his relationships with all these people? The the nice thing that I really enjoy about this film is is everyone in the crew again, just like in Star Trek Three, they all get a lot of stuff to do. There's a lot of humor. They, everyone gets a little role to do, especially when they get to Earth, uh, and they all. It's a good team type effort, and it's not really only about Kirk or Spock or whatever. They, they all get a little something to do, which is really nice, and I really enjoy that part of it. Uh, going to play uh, another clip now. This one is with Spock and McCoy uh, as they're kind of heading out back to Earth. They're on the Klingon ship on the Bird of Prey, and McCoy's kind of starting to, you know, see, you know, what what's up with Spock, and is he is he back to normal? Is he is he not himself still? What's going on? And there, there's some good lines in this one, so listen to this. Well, I just want to say, sure, it's nice to have your Catra back in your head, not mine. What I mean is, I may have carried your soul, but I sure couldn't fill your shoes. My shoes? Forget it. Perhaps we could cover a little philosophical ground. Life, death, life, things of that nature. I did not have time on Vulcan to review the philosophical disciplines. Come on, Spock, it's me, McCoy. You really have gone where no man's gone before. Can't you tell me what it felt like? It would be impossible to discuss the subject without a common frame of reference. You're joking. A joke is a story with a humorous climax. You mean I have to die to discuss your insights on death? Forgive me, Doctor. I'm receiving a number of distress calls. I don't doubt it. Yeah, again, you have the the great interplay there between Doctor McCoy and and Spock. Uh, it's it was great a great idea to have that Katra Spock's basically his his spirit uh, left in McCoy. You know the the obvious probably worst place almost to have it because they were always at such odds with each other. And you know McCoy's so emotional and and Spock's so logical to have that situation and for them to have to sort of almost live together for a period of time in in Star Trek Three. And, and now you're starting to see here that McCoy's really kind of concerned about his friend. And, and he's like, he has another line in this. I don't think I saved that one, but he says something to Kirk about, you know, Spock's not really firing on all thrusters. And, you know, just, just lots of good stuff like that. You know, this is uh, this is Star Trek at its best, in my opinion. Just like, uh, you know, Star Trek II where they all they all work together to fight Khan. This this one, they're... they're fighting an, an unknown enemy and they have a mission to to accomplish and that that's um that's the other thing too they're they're heading back to earth to sort of face trial and face their crimes but there's this problem going on there and and 
in sort of chaos and, and difficulty. And who's the first to jump in and try to save the day, of course, even though they're in trouble? It's, it's Kirk and his crew. You know, that's that's the heroes and, and the type of people that they are and the type of characters that they are. So that that really means a lot. And, and I think that's what I what I really enjoy about the show so, so much. Um, let's go on. There's... There's a lot of really good stuff here, a lot of clips to play, so I want to get through them. The next one is when they first land, um, they're, they've time warped back. They're, they're back uh, in Earth in San Francisco. It's 1986, and Kirk has some instructions for the crew, so listen to this clip. Set us down in Golden Gate Park. Aye, sir. Descending. We'll divide into teams. Commanders Uhura and Chekhov are assigned the uranium problem. Yes, sir. Dr. McCoy, you, Mr. Scott, and Commander Sulu will convert us a whale tank. Oh, joy. While Captain Spock and I attempt to trace these whale songs to their source. I'll have bearing and distance for you, sir. I want you all to be very careful. This is terra incognita. Many of their customs will doubtless take us by surprise. It's a foregone conclusion. None of these people have ever seen an extraterrestrial before. Yeah, that's the uh, the part there where Spock has to take a piece of his white robe off, and he makes like a, I don't know, a, a wrap for around his head, whatever you want to call it, a bandana or something like that, and he covers up his pointed ears, of course. And it's interesting, they all have sort of odd little outfits on, but, uh, you know, Spock's got this big old white Vulcan robe on, and they go walking along the streets in San Francisco, and no one really pays much attention to them. And, you know, they, they don't really fit in all that badly, except for some language things, which which I've got a little bit of clip, a few clips about, and uh, and just the, the money issue. They have to, they sell uh, Kirk's glasses to a, to a shop uh, to get some money so they can get around town and, and do what they need to do and and they've got uh, different missions that each of them has been assigned there, as you heard in that clip from uh, Captain Kirk, or Admiral Kirk, sorry, Admiral. So the next, uh, there's another great scene here, and there's a little um, side story on this one. If you remember the scene where Chekhov is talking and looking for the nuclear vessels in, in San Francisco, here you got a Russian guy asking about, you know, where are the nuclear vessels, and there's a cop there, and there's this person that comes up on the street to him and says, oh, I don't really know where those are at. Well, the story that I heard about this scene is they were out on the streets of San Francisco filming some of this stuff, and they kind of almost were just using passerbys as part of, you know, who they were asking, and Walter Koenig uh, as Chekhov goes up to this woman and says, you know, do you know where the nuclear vessels are? And this this woman just says, "Oh no, I don't, I don't really know. Well, maybe over in Alameda." And uh, but she wasn't really that, that. There was no setup there. She was just somebody that they found walking around, and that was her reaction. And they liked it, and they used it in the movie. At least that's the story that I've heard. So uh, if there's something different, maybe that out there, uh, send me an email. But I'm going to play that clip for you right now. We're, we're looking for nu- Hello, we are looking for the nuclear vessels in Alameda. Could you tell me where? Can you, you help us? Please, we're looking for the naval base in Alameda. Could you tell me where the nuclear vessels are? Nu- Ooh, I don't know if I know the answer to that. I think it's across the bay in Alameda. That's what I said, Alameda. Alameda. I know but that. But where is Alameda? 
Yeah, it's a great great clip there. They're, uh, Uhura and Chekhov are trying to get to this nuclear uh, vessel to get some uh, radiation from it to, to re-energize the dilithium's crystals on the Klingon bird of prey, something like that. Um, the, uh, the interesting thing when Chekhov finds the, the nuclear ship, uh, nuclear vessel, it's the Enterprise, and I thought that was a nice little twist. Uh, I have no idea if the Enterprise w- was in dock in that time frame or where it was at, but I like that. The next clip is there's there's an ongoing theme in this uh, movie that when they get back to 1986, they keep running into things and people that uh, they, they don't really speak in the nicest way in, in certain languages and, and hand signs and things. And Kirk... Uh, Kirk's trying to fit in and react to some of that. So, and Spock kind of has, uh, you know, he notices this about the captain, about the admiral. I keep doing that. That he's he's talking a little different since they came back to the 20th century. So listen to this. It's a good part. Your use of language has altered since our arrival. It is currently laced with, shall I say, more colorful metaphors. Double dumbass on you and so forth. You mean the profanity? Yes. That's simply the way they talk here. Nobody pays any attention to you unless you swear every other word. You'll find it in all the literature of the period. For example? Well, the collected works of Jack and Suzanne. The novels are Harold Roberts. Ah. The Giants. Yeah, that's a good uh, good part on the bus there. And, you know, there's that one guy on the uh, on the bus that's playing his boombox way too loud. And Kirk first asks him to... Uh, to, to turn off the music and he doesn't he ignores them and flips them off and so Spock just goes over and does some Vulcan neck action on him and uh, Vulcan nerve pinches him knocks him out and everyone on the bus clap or claps and uh, applauds them for doing that which I, which I thought it was great uh, you know it's amazing how much junk that sometimes you have to put up with in the world and and for these guys to just come back and and they're like well why are people being so nasty and rude here in this time frame and and they just don't put up with it, and I like that. It's fresh and it's good. The next thing that I'm going to play, the main um, the main uh, guest person in this in this whole movie is Jillian Taylor, the marine biologist who takes care of these whales that they end up uh, trying to get. Who's played by uh, the actress uh, Catherine Hicks, who's on that uh, TV show Seventh Heaven, which is kind of interesting because she's on there, and the guy, uh, the main guy that she's married to on there, Stephen Collins was Will Decker, of course, in the first Star Trek uh, movie, Star Trek The Motion Picture, played uh, Captain Decker in that movie, and they both ended up uh, Star Trek uh, veterans, I guess, in a way, and ended up on a TV show together, which is kind of interesting, which I heard just got renewed again, even though I thought this was its last year. I, I'm not really a follower of that show, but I thought that was was kind of different, and I thought this was the big last episode they had, and now I heard they got renewed, so, which is interesting. Anyway, the, the clip I'm going to play now for you is is a great scene with uh, with them, uh, Kirk and Spock and Dr. Taylor, Jillian Taylor, Taylor, Catherine Hicks, in her truck, and they're they're all deciding uh, that they want to go out and go out to dinner and and find out what's going on and, and why they're these guys are interested in her whale so much. So listen to this. You're not exactly catching us at our best. That much is certain. I have a hunch that we'd all be a lot happier discussing this over dinner. What do you say? You guys like Italian? No. 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 Yes. No. Yes. I love Italian. 
and so do you. Yes. Yeah, there's a great, great repartee between everyone in this uh, in this movie. There, Kirk and Spock. You know, do you do you like Italian? No, yes, yes, no, no, yes, and and just uh, and then uh, you like Italian, and of course you do. So I, that's uh, it's good. I, I it's really really good scene. You know, Spock swims out around it with the whales, and he he learns about them from mind melding with them. I mean, just perfect stuff, perfect things in this movie for. Uh, for fitting a, a, the Star Trek crew that we all love into uh, the, you know the 20th century, it's always great to do a time travel thing. And sometimes Star Trek has been, you know, they, people have said that maybe they do it a little too much. But I think this movie was uh, uh, an excellent use of of that. To just put them in a you know fish out of water story, and they're back to get kind of well not fish mammals whales are mammals. So let's move along. the The next clip is probably one of the longer ones. I, I grab from the movie uh this morning to to play for you this is when uh Catherine hicks jillian taylor the the marine biologist that you just heard there a little bit uh and kirk are at dinner and there's some really great lines in this i i had a hard time cutting it down it's a couple minutes long so i'm just going to play the whole thing for you guys i i think you'll enjoy it so listen to this i want to know why you travel around with that ditzy guy who knows that gracie's pregnant and calls you admiral Where could you take them? Hmm? My whales. Where could you take them where they'd be safe? Well, it's not so much a matter of a place as of a time. Well, the time would have to be right now. Why right now? Let's just say that no humpback born in captivity has ever survived. The problem is that they won't be that much safer at sea because of all the hunting this time of year. So you see that... That, as they say, is that. Damn. What is that? What's what? You have a pocket pager. Are you a doctor? What is it? I thought I told you never to call me. Phasers on stun. Good luck, Kirk. Out. You want to try it from the top? Why don't you tell me when those whales are leaving? <sighs> Who are you? Who do you think I am? Don't tell me. You're from outer space. No, I'm from Iowa. I only work in outer space. Oh, well, I was close. I mean, I knew outer space was going to come into this sooner or later. The truth? Oh, I'm all ears. <laughs> okay. The truth. I am from what on your calendar would be the late 23rd century. I've come back in time. To bring two humpback whales with me in an attempt to repopulate the species. Yeah, that uh, that's always been a great line in in that movie for me, where um, where she asks him about uh, that you know you're from outer space, I guess, right? And he says, 
no, I'm from Iowa. I, I just work in outer space. And, you know, the history has been uh, told that, that Kirk was born in, in Iowa in the United States. So that's kind of uh, a nice little twist there. You know, she's trying to say, oh, you're, you you think you're from outer space, and she thinks this guy's maybe crazy. And, and, and then he says something to kind of catch her off guard a little bit, and he says, no, no, I, I'm actually from Iowa. I just work in outer space. I really like uh, – like the way they did that and wrote that. The next uh, next part, you know, they're um, they end up with uh, Doctor Taylor uh, coming back with them to the future, which uh, which is okay. I mean, they, you know, she mentions that she doesn't have a lot going on, and, and this there's no one there, no husband, or anything like that. She just kind of disappears, I guess, from this time frame or from the 1986 time frame. And the clip I'm going to play here is is just a, a fairly short one of when when Kirk's going to leave her there and she wants to go with him and make sure her whales are okay and she's concerned about him. So listen to this. What are, you, what are you talking about? I'm coming with you. You can't. Our next stop is the 23rd century. Well, I don't care. I've got nobody here. I have got I to help I haven't got time whales. to argue with you. I want to tell you how much you've meant to us. The radio frequency, please. The frequency is 401 megahertz. Thank you. For everything. Scotty, beam me up. Surprise. Yes, she kind of jumps in into Kirk's arms there, and of course the transporter picks both of them up, and uh, he could have just, you know, tossed her back in the transporter, beamed her back down, but, you know, that's it's Kirk, it's a girl. So what do you want? Anyway, uh, the the neat thing about that clip is is Kirk says Scotty beam me up, and I think that is from the TV series and all the movies. The the first time, or one of the only times, if that that they actually says that particular line in that way. He usually says you know Scotty energize or energize or beam me up, but the the whole thing together like that is, is a rare thing. So I, I like that. Um, where are we at? Oh, we're near the end. A couple of clips left to play. Um, the next one here. Of course, there's a the whales are out there near Alaska. The the, the bird of prey uh, flies out there and stops this uh, appropriate. You know, there's a a whale uh, whale crew trying to attack and and capture or kill the whales and whatever you call it. What am what am I blanking out on? You know, the the people that kill whales or whatever whale hunters. <laughs> I don't know what I, my mind is. Sorry, it's a little froze up there. Anyway, they're out there hunting down these whales that just got released and they're they've got a tracker on them so they're able to track them down and they cling on bird of prey there's a great scene where of course the bird of play bird of prey is cloaked and lowers itself down in front of where the whales are swimming and when the the whaler ship sh- shoots out its uh, harpoon and hits this cloaked uh, clinging bird of prey bounces off and then it decloaks and scares the whale hauler and they disappear and run away and scared and all that which is which is cool and you know they they were trying for a message in this movie and environmental and save the whales uh, and it's i don't think they do it too strong i i think they do a good job with it it's not uh, not overboard and it's nice they they put it in a nice package and a, and a fun movie to see and there's nothing wrong with a little message and that's again like i've said many times that's what star trek is about it's it's fun it's interesting it's sci-fi and it you know, there's some good messages in there too. So, I'm going to play a clip now. This is uh, when Scotty beams up the whales, and they they take back off with them to the future. 
be whales here. Well done, Mr. Scott. How soon can we be ready for warp speed? Full power now, sir. If you will, Mr. Sulu. Aye, sir. Warp speed. Sulu, you have the car. I'm going to take our guest down and have a look at her whales. Well, Mr. Spock, have you accounted for the variable mass of whales and water in your time reentry program? Mr. Scott cannot give me exact figures, Admiral, so I will make a guess. A guess? You, Spock? That's extraordinary. And of course, they they make it back and get back just at about the point they left in time, which is kind of interesting, uh, kind of appropriate. And the Clam Bird of Prey ends up kind of crashing into San Francisco Bay or Harbor or whatever it's called under the bridge there. And they Kirk has to swim down, release the whales. They go out into the water, everything's fine. They they start doing their little humpback whale songs, and uh, the alien probe is satisfied and blasts away. So. So that uh, that works out. There's there's one last little bit on this. I want to play one more clip, and this, of course, is their. Um, they kind of all have to stand trial. Uh, the crew for everything that they did in in Star Trek Three, you know, steal the Enterprise. Scotty disabled the Excelsior uh, and disobeyed orders. So they're they're all in trouble. And here is the the judgment of what they find, and it, I think it's appropriate. So listen to this, Admiral Kirk. How do you plead? On behalf of all of us, Mr. President, I'm authorized to plead guilty. So entered. Because of certain mitigating circumstances, all charges but one are summarily dismissed. The remaining charge, disobeying orders of a superior officer, is directed solely at Admiral Kirk. I'm sure the Admiral will recognize the necessity of keeping discipline in any chain of command. I do, sir. James T. Kirk, it is the judgment of this council that you be reduced in rank to captain. And that as a consequence of your new rank, you be given the duties for which you have repeatedly demonstrated unswerving ability. The command of a starship. Silence, Captain Kirk. You and your crew have saved this planet from its own short-sightedness. And we are forever in your debt. And as well they should be in their debt, they saved uh, the whole planet, basically. Again, Kirk and crew come to the rescue, and of course this is where they they give the crew and Kirk uh, a new ship, appropriately named, renamed from an, another name that it used to have in the story, if you read the novel, and they rename it to Enterprise 1701-A. And they, at the very end, you know, Kirk says they've come home and... They take off and off into the galaxy to solve other problems and adventures. So that's it. That's Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home. That's um, really, really a, a wonderful film. Again, one of the best. And I think that uh, another great thing is is just, it's, again, it's the kind of movie, this is the kind of movie that I think 
everyone can enjoy. I, I think it's actually, you know, my wife's not really too much into this kind of stuff, but Star Trek Four was was very enjoyable. I know she she really enjoyed seeing this one at the movies even. And I think uh, I think there's uh, a lot to be said for this one. So Star Trek Four, pick it up uh, if you don't have it and uh, watch it again. I'm going to take a quick break here and then I'll come back with a, a quick talk about a collectible, a recent one that I got, and wrap things up. So I'll be right back. Hi, this is Len from Jawbone Radio, and whenever I need the latest Star Trek or sci-fi news, I listen to my friend Rick on the Treks and Sci-Fi podcast. Hey, do you think he's going to be talking about Wookiees? Because I love Wookiees. All right, I'm back. The uh, the collectible is going to be real quick for now for this uh, week uh, that I want to talk about. I just got this past week, and I thought I'd talk about it. Uh, there's already pictures up in the collector gallery on the website, so... The, the item that I got this week is Master Replicas has again released another nice lightsaber. And this is Qui-Gon Jinn's lightsaber from the Episode 1 Phantom Menace. This is its, the, the version of this is its limited edition. They're going to do a collector edition, a cheaper version of it sometime in the next couple of months. But this is the limited edition out of uh, 2,500. I got number 7, 0007, kind of like 007. Uh, and anyway, um, but it's a real nice piece. Again, there's pictures up uh, in the gallery. It's made out of uh, metal and resin construction. R- real nice. Got a real nice weight to it. The finish on it is, is excellent. And there's the phone. Sorry about that. Sorry. So uh, the sorry about the interruption of the phone there. The the saber is got a real real excellent look to it. It comes in a normal display case like the Master Replicas normally does. It lays kind of horizontal in that. These collector edition of this that they're coming out with is going to be in a vertical stand, not a covered case, just kind of a little holder for it. And they did a they did a real good job. I'm real pleased with this item, and it kind of completes the most of the lightsabers from the movies for Master Replicas. I think there's like one version of Darth Vader's saber they still haven't done, but for the main characters, they've really um, kind of run out of lightsabers to do. and So this is uh, kind of completes things to some degree. I, I really like it, and it was kind of neat to get a real low number. I've never had that low of an edition number. It doesn't mean a whole lot. They, they made 2,500 of them, and I got number seven, which they kind of randomly do that with with them. That you know, as they're making them, they put these little plaques in the boxes, and you just get a number in there. And but I think the lowest out of all the items I've gotten from them before is like number ninety seven. So that was kind of a kick. Uh, they do say that if you order it really soon when or pre order it when it first is up for ordering, you you get in the anywhere between the number one and three hundred, and those go out to the first people that order. And then after that, it's kind of a grab bag. So anyway, there it is, Qui-Gon Jinn's lightsaber. Again, photos up in the podcast notes, also on the Collector Gallery. Okay, and I think that's just about going to do it for this week. Don't have a whole lot more. There hasn't been a lot of movies out. I didn't manage to get to see Poseidon yet. I think I talked about Mission Impossible that I saw last week. It's not really sci-fi, but I thought that was pretty well done. Um, next week, got Da Vinci Code, which is, yeah, not really sci-fi either, but I think there's some there's some fantastical elements to it. I'll definitely be checking that out. And then the X-Men movie, which we'll talk definitely about in a couple of weeks. Uh, oh, I thought I'd mention uh, my older son has got a job at a nearby movie theater, so I might get lucky and get some uh, collectibles that way, some posters or some of those cardboard stand-ups they put in movie theaters. This is a going to be his first job so uh he's going to be working in a movie theater which i'm kind of jealous about because they're going to have special screenings for these guys in the in the couple days before movies come out and they got little uh 
special giveaways they're going to do and uh, all kinds of fun stuff. I, I wish I would had a chance when I was younger to, to, to work in a movie theater. It's kind of one of my uh, pet dreams in the back of my head besides having like a sci-fi collectible comic shop is also to have a, uh, a small movie theater someday. But uh, So anyway, he'll be there and maybe I'll get some inside tracks on some movie stuff and movie items that way. But um, I just, again, want to really, really thank everyone for supporting the Treks in Sci-Fi podcast for all 50 shows. And like I said earlier in the show this week, uh, I definitely plan on continuing with the podcast for the foreseeable future. It hasn't become old or stale or just a drag for me to do each week. In fact, uh, I, I'm probably enjoying it more now than I even did at the beginning. So, And I, I really think a lot of that is due to the to the nice listeners out there. And I really, really appreciate uh, all, the, all the people that are listening to the show. And with that, I'm going to get out of here, edit this up, and, and get it posted. Like again, like I said earlier, I got a late start today on this through some other things I had to do. So I'm going to, hopefully this will be up still sometime later this afternoon. Maybe 5, 6 o'clock or so, at least my time should be up by then. Uh, again, I hope everyone enjoys this week's episode uh, podcast. I'll probably have another one Wednesday this week. Oh, one thing I, I did say, probably in the next few weeks, I'm going to sort of take a little break from the Wednesday show for a few weeks at least. The um, I'll, I'll definitely still be doing the, the Sunday show, but the Wednesday one may disappear for a few weeks, perhaps, uh, depending on what's going on with me and so forth. Although, who knows, I might just continue it. It'll It'll vary a little week to week so until uh next week everyone i I haven't got a a show or a subject picked out for next sunday yet but but pay attention to the website and my little site pal characters on there and they'll mention who what i'm going to talk about next sunday but until then everyone have a great week i'll see you probably this wednesday and then uh, next sunday so take care everyone thanks for listening this is rico signing off bye bye This has been a Rick Dosti production. This podcast, copyright 2006, all rights reserved.